0: covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier.
1: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Walls podcast, the final walkthrough, episode 48, entering week eight of the National Arena League. I'm Jim Bernier. Alongside me, a partner in crime, 900 miles away, lovely indianapolis zach Geilman.
0: how you doing man i am enjoying myself over here in the crossroads of america
1: crossroads of america
0: that's one it's of like the, the gate
1: well gateway west is in st louis so they also close. put nap town well i've never been in indianapolis so i guarantee a lot of be
0: taken there. Or, or the or the third option of course the racing capital of the world that's the oh, other brickyard yes
1: Yes, or, if, or the late-falling arena team of the Albany, or the Indiana Firebirds.
0: Bring them, them them. bring them back. Bring them back. If Albany um, can't perfect. have them, we can.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring, that, bring them back and have a rivalry between the two teams.
0: That's what I'm uh, saying. Was, back, old versus hey. new. Hey, budding heads every hey, other yeah. week. Maybe you you don't
1: understand how many questions we get weekly from our listeners about the old AFL about do we have any knowledge of the AFL? And it's for me, I love the old AFL. The NAL brings that passion of mine for the arena game alive. And I just would look back there and go, it was so good. It was so great, but there were so many faults that overtook the product. <sighs> do I want to see the old teams come back? Yes. Do I want to see Grand Rapids? Yes. Do I want to see the New Orleans Voodoo? Yes. Do I want to see the Dallas Vigilantes? Yes. Bring all... Of the forty-seven arena football teams that they were, problem is, it'd be multiple teams
0: in one city. <laughs> yeah, wait a I, that would never work because you'll have
1: you have the Buffalo Destroyers, the Cleveland Destroyers, the Las Vegas Destroyers, the Las Vegas Outlaws. It'd be like it'd be crazy. Uh, but, anyways, ladies, I would just say thank you for reaching out, just asking the questions. Do we do we have any information? We're going to just tell you that we strictly stick with the National Arena League. We do mention the old league because. Without the old league, this league would not exist. These players would not be doing this game, and the commissioner of this league would not be doing being the commissioner of the NAL. There's a lot of connections between the two. So, no, we don't know any information. Thank you for reaching out, and thank you for reaching out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, you can find us at N Walls Pod at those areas, but also you can find us at One Source at League.com or slash videos, or halfway down the main page on the right side of the screen, all our videos are there. So many ways to get a hold of us, many ways to contact us. And as you know, a lot of our listeners out there, we know a couple of them uh, that are very frequent in our message in our DMs. Thank you for the support. Thank you. We're over, we're near five thousand five hundred downloads already. Uh, yesterday's show. Sorry for the difficulties of the YouTube stream. YouTube being YouTube, but thank you for downloading. Uh, Khalid Rashad's episode, big hit. People in Texas, thank you. Respect. Really appreciate the support in San Antonio. Um, But thank you. If you missed it, the link's in our description, or just click back on the video right next to it, and you'll get yesterday's interview with Khalid Rashad and the San Antonio Gunslingers. Also, we're nearing 100 subscriptions. Subscribe. Click the bell. Builds morale. Also, while building morale, We might be giving you free tickets to the NAL game of your choosing regular season, of course. So we have something planned probably in the next day or tonight that we might be doing a random live stream to help this. Get 100 subscriptions. One of you are getting a two tickets, game of your choosing, or an NAL hat, whatever will help you. Remember, like, subscribe, click the bell, builds morale. Done with all the promotions, done with all living in the past in the AFL, like we always do. We got to do something unique. We usually, each and every week, ladies and gentlemen, we do a power ranking of what we think the NAL is that week. We're going to spare you guys our power rankings this week, and we're going to do something unique this time around. We're grading each team, all six teams, no matter what order they're in, offense, defense, and special teams, A, B, and C grade. That's how we're doing it. We're going to mention why we think. Why not? We're going to do by per team so we don't jump like how we do our power rankings. And after that, we'll start previewing action of the National Arena League. We're going to start with some Saturday action. Then we're going to close out with tonight's game. The Carolina Cobras traveling to the Columbus Lions for a hypothetical pregame show here on Inside the Wall. So let's get to it, man, to the midseason reports of the National Arena League because we are officially at halfway point. So. Zach, you take the helm, who you want to start with, and let's get it going. Who we think passes or fails are grades so far midway
0: through the season. Well, might as well talk with the newcomer of this whole scene. Let's just get into San Antonio right out of the gate, because I think they need the most evaluation as in terms of coming up from a smaller league and really having to show you know, much grit for not only being able to play so far, in this season and be competitive, but the fact they've had to go through an ownership change through halfway through the year, and you know they're dealing with that changeover right now and kind of getting things back up to speed uh, with mm-hmm. the folks over at John Wayne that now hold up the the group. Um, I would say let's just talk on that end. So, offensively, you know that unit has been kind of getting some turnover as of late. You know, like I said, Robert Kent in now after Javon Kilgo went down with the injury earlier on in the season. Um, we've seen some new additions as of last week, you know, Philip Barnett's in now, um, gone is Marcel Marcel Brooks, for example, as one of those units that one of those key cogs that was in there earlier in the year, you know, Klee Rashad's shown up throughout the season as we've even talked about, you know, turf talk yesterday, um, played a solid, has played solid on basically all three ends of the equation in terms of the phases of the game, you know, excellent kick returning. And of course the offense, um, for the gunslingers offensively i'm going to give them right now uh i don't know i'm going to give them I'm going to give them a b minus just cuz recently they've come back and swung it upward i think that i think they are finding their stride still one too many uh turnovers for my liking honestly um still trying to find i think some consistency every now and then last week was a really good step for them they did seem to find some sort of offensive identity And at least connections that were working. And I think when you have, like, for example, Barnett being back in, that helps, you know, take away some looks that Clear Shot could have from the defense where they're ganging up on him. You know, obviously, we have to talk about uh, Johnson as well, who also did a great job, too. Uh, Another addition that came in recently. So they got B minus. Defensively, uh, it's, I'm going to say at best, uh, I'm going to give him a C minus at best. Maybe really should be more like a D plus. It's still, this is a unit that honestly have been too many lapses right now. Um, a lot of broken plays this year for them. Um, early on, they were playing it, playing a lot closer, but I think it's also because their competition was not at the level that they are now. Orlando was still figuring things out. Columbus has been – unfortunately, Columbus, in terms of offense, they'll get a low grade, as you can tell what I'm saying, um, and they squeaked one away. But against the big boys like, say, you know Jacksonville, Carolina, they aren't – right now they haven't been able to keep up. So – I'm going to say just to be safe, honestly, and I hate to say it, D+. Plus. Uh, I feel like C-minus almost is a little too generous. They got some things to work out, but that's just my opinion. Special teams, when when kick returns have been coming, Khalid Rashad's one of the best in the game. Uh, kicking, Drew Pearson did stabilize that spot last week, still was a little off on one or two extra points, but you know what? I think the kick return element that they have brings them up to at least a B plus. I'll give it that because if they have – Klee getting some kick getting returns if those kicks go short field position has been awesome for them i'll give it a i'll give it a b plus a little favorite right there uh, not too bad you know I, I think like i said defensively a lot of their a lot of their issues come just they they have not been able to keep good communication or at least uh assignments well in the secondary so that's Agreed. a big issue they just got to clean that up really for the most part offensively though they're going in the right direction so upward mostly you know
1: well, I want to start with the highest grade on them for me, and that is the offense side of the ball. I give them a B minus in offense based on the stability and the consistent improvement each and every week that we're seeing from Robert Kent. Um, the first couple of games, the jab and kill go, it looked like that it was just like throwing the product out there and hope the guy to get you know find some ground. Robert Kent came in and really settled down the offense, and each and every week they've gotten better, have improved, and they have proved and they're to that point to upsetting somebody. So I have them right there, right at a B-, minus, probably a high B-, minus, maybe a B, um, based on that. And just over the recent weeks, they've proved. If we did this like two weeks ago, it would have been a C-plus, somewhere around there. Um, their second highest position in my rankings is special teams because of Kylie Rashad. Every time a team kicks him the ball, he's in an opposing, uh, opposing field. He's in the end zone. He's dancing uh, early in the episode or early in the season. He was the reason why San Antonio was staying in these games is because every time they got the ball, he was in the end zone. San Antonio was starting at the 3-yard line or 5-yard line on the opposing team's side of the field. That's big. That's a big switch. I have them have that area of the field around C plus, B minus, and right there. Uh, Defense, I'm kind of a little stingy on it. I got them at C minus. Their defense over the last, they've improved over the last couple of games because the offense has improved, but Their defense let them down big time in Carolina, let them down in Orlando, and let them down against Orlando twice. um, Against competition that at that time was not what you want to say Albany or what you want to say Carolina type of standards. Orlando was still fine themselves. Orlando's getting better as well. But their defense has had a lot of holes throughout the season. They got burned. A lot of those games at one point were one-possession games, and they turned out to be comfortable wins. And I have to hit them on the defense side of the ball, but B minus C plus and a C minus. And I, for an Owen, I'm going to just say this for an Owen five team. This so far this year, they have, it's the the, the first game of San Antonio. It's completely different from the fifth game of San Antonio. The 15th week five, San Antonio will blow the doors out of week one, San Antonio. So they're getting better. They're improving. Fortunately, this is six team league and you play everybody multiple times. So, there's a lot of stumbling blocks there on the path to uh, getting the first win. So hopefully this week we we'll talk about that game later. They get it. Uh, so let's go to a uh, team above them or whatever. Above them is really no team. Oh, Albany's above them, and if you look on the map, um, let's let's head to the state of Florida, by the way, and let's talk about the Orlando Predators' uh, overall season of grades for me. I'm going to get the main go hard in this. Their offense is the best on the team, in my opinion. I give their offense an A. Here's the reason why. Over the last couple of weeks, Javon Kilgo, Larry Beavers, Alani Outlaw, Alfred, Maxwell, uh, Joshua Jenkins, when he had a chance to play offense, uh, Brandon Fuentes, when he had a chance to play offense, their offense is getting better, and it's more it's lethal now. Every time that he gets the ball, uh, J- uh, Rakeem Kato gets the ball, Orlando scores. And he's confident. He took the advice of the great, great announcer slash NAL coverage guy. His name is Zach Coleman. Told you, you know what, Kato, you need to calm down. Start reading the defense better. He took the advice of that man. I don't know what he does now for the NAL, but still, uh, he's gotten a lot better in the process. Uh, good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's a very good question. Uh, Kato's done a very good job, and I think Higgins finally realized what his offense is in Orlando. A little bit more of a mobile set of a, Offense, get him out of the pocket, roll out of the pocket, not being too much of a scrambler. But there are situations where he scrambles, and Cato has you know, lifted that team up. Some questions about this week, we'll get to it later about Cato. But overall, their offense, in my opinion, has led them to somewhat of a midseason turnaround, almost like deja vu from last season. But overall, I got their offense at A. Number two, I think, is their defense. Um, Their defense over the last couple of weeks has shown why Orlando its basically their history as a franchise. They have always been known of a very hostile environment, a very physical defense, and a defense that was going to get in your face, knock your receivers off the timing, and get sacks. They did that last week against Columbus, maybe because it was Darren Daniel and the situation Darren Daniel was in. But they did it again a couple of weeks ago against Orlando, and they got pressure to Jonathan Bain. I think Coach Rez is the one who uh, kind of broke that streak because he mentioned that in our show. Then that, that same week, he gets sacked. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando's defense is getting better. There's a lot of guys on there that are really impressing me, especially Maxwell and Alfred got on the side of the ball. But their DBs, Josh Jenkins, doesn't get enough love and a credit that I think we're the only guys that actually coming to the league, but other shows. Um, I'm going to say Joshua Jenkins is an NFL talent defensive back who's in the area league. I think he's a talented player. He's saw, he's done some plays, I, I think, against um, Darius Prince this year. I'm like, holy. I think that's – I don't see a lot of DBs doing that against Darius Prince. And Brandon Fuentes, unfortunately, he got injured. I think he'll be back here in a couple of weeks. But their defense has improved, in my opinion. I get their defense right there as a solid B. Now, their kicking game. Unfortunately, their special teams, I have to give them a, this is going to be kind of harsh probably, a C-. minus. Their kicking game is very inconsistent. Uh, Maybe it's because of the rotation of the kickers they have all the time over the last couple of weeks. And every time I see them do a kickoff, and their special teams the kickoff side, I don't see them making their special teams a weapon, like kick returns like we see in Kali Rashad in San Antonio or Darius Prince up in uh, Albany. You don't see that in Orlando. They're more of a let's play strategy-wise with their kicking game. And, of course, they did have a couple of deuces a couple of weeks ago, but mm-hmm. it's not their weapon. It's not like how Albany uses their kicking game or how Carolina uses their kicking game. They're more strategic in how they use it. So I give them a C with the kicking game. But still, A, B, and a C plus grade for Orlando. Let's just say if they get that kicking game up a little bit more, make that their kicking game an offensive weapon like they did last year, Orlando's getting in shape. In my opinion.
0: Now I'm going to go off my gradings here based on overall season And I've said this before You and I have talked about this Orlando's doing kind of a similar deal as last year It's a slow churn up to what their potential Is right now and they're hitting their stride At this moment credit of course Rakeem Cato's status pending I digress I'm going to say Overall it's been at a B level For the offense early on in the season It felt like it was very disjointed um, If it was If it would say weeks Four through seven i was grading on yeah this would be pushing an a for me but i'm gonna say a b just on the overall performance i think that it's going to an a at the end of the year the way we're talking with how cato settled down and he's finding connections too you know obviously we were talking beginning of the year Lonnie outlaw would be one of his one of his if not his main target larry beaver's you know, Darren Clark, um, Clarence Williams coming out of the blue. And he has become there. He's become the main guy in the recent weeks, really good connection. Got to give him a shout out on this show. Of course, dude's been balling and mm-hmm. they have many, a plethora weapon to throw to defensively. I'm going to give them, this is one that is, it's, it's a downgrade from last year, I think, but they're getting their stride. Josh Jenkins can do a lot. He can't do it all. I'm going to give them right now a C and I, and only reason I'm doing that is Lonnie outlaw, Larry Beavers, Clark and company feels like they're still kind of learning the defensive side or they are trying to kind of catch up on that angle. They do a Freddie booth leader in the league in sacks. Who's been, he's been basically dominating in the interior when he's been on the field. Uh, that helps a lot. Uh, Orlando getting pressure, shutting down drives. That helps a ton when you got someone like that, who can go up the middle or who can get to the QB and you know, you make him feel it too. Let's be honest. Uh, they're, they're getting up there. Like Orlando to me, I leave these grades just because it's very much a upward swing, but the beginning of the year still was kind of some rough patches. So yeah. C on the defense, special teams. I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with probably about a C, maybe not, maybe C minus if I was being a little negative. Um, haven't seen anything over spectacular, you know, Dylan Barnos not being on the team. Uh, clearly that has not been a strong suit like last year, less deuces going on. Uh, Daniel Justino has missed some extra points at times too. Um, and Larry Beavers has been serviceable so far that I have been able to notice as a return man, nothing too spectacular. So see right in the middle, you know, it's passable. It's not the best unit in the NAL though, but it does enough to help win football games, at least get the job done. So, Orlando, upward swing right now. They're in a good spot. You know, I just got to, in terms of overall start, though, that's where these rankings go. Just got to think about it. It's all seven games we got to consider in these rankings for me when I talk about it in terms of, well, grades, rankings. You know what I'm talking about. One of the two. <laughs> that's where I'm going. Now, here's one that <laughs> – Columbus is one I I've been I've been hating to get on because I feel this is going to be a little ugly. Actually, it's going to be very – polarizing in terms of how these two units are offensively it's gonna be harsh it's gonna be uh it's gonna be i'll say it's a d plus d plus and and I, I i'm gonna lay it here recent contests have not favored well um very stop and start offense one that's catching up and a lot of it's because you know mason espinoza was really the guy going in we we kind of i mean when we talked with, with coach gibson that was the thing like this was such a last-minute change. They've been fighting change all year. They've been out a
1: lot of adversity all and year.
0: You know, D-plus is kind of a harsh grade, but I'm going with it. it it's been rough. Um, yeah. Contest against Jacksonville, against Albany, against Orlando. And Orlando, like I we've said, they weren't supposed to be in that game anyway. So it's kind of hard for me to move them to like even a C-minus. Um, hopefully things are changing, as we saw with recent signings. Uh, we will find out coming up this week against Carolina, but D-plus for that unit, I will, give the, I will give a defensive grade of an A. Uh, they are right now best-scoring defense in the league. It's what's been keeping them in games. It's been their bread and butter this year. They are the best defensive team in the National Arena League. I'm just going to set it down as that way. Um, they've impressed me. Coach Gibson, that's the best unit on that side. That's why they're in this position right now. You gotta give them props to that. If they figure out the offense, things could be changing in their favor, but they get an A off my book. They're the best defense in the league to me. I can't knock them for that. Special teams, uh it's it's serviceable. I'm gonna put a C again. It's nothing, it's nothing special, maybe a C minus. You know, I wouldn't say it's as good as as Orlando's this year, that it hasn't been performing as well. Um, but it's serviceable. It does the job. It's not, it's not being a deterrent. Still a position, though, that they're trying to figure out. You know, it just seems like that one, since we've been, I, at least I've been covering the NAL, they can't get that one nailed down. But I'll go with a C- for me. Overall, really defensive team. That's Columbus's bread and butter. They just, they got many problems in terms of who's in that QB spot and trying to act and function like a competent arena offense.
1: Hey. This is what mid-season grades are about, dude. So, oh, yeah. and uh, you, sometimes, like we all been kids before. We get the progress reports. You thought we were doing good in school, and you can look like, at your regular, Oh, D plus, C mice Oh, mom and dad would not like to see this mid-card report. This grade report. So, <laughs> that's Columbus for you right now. And Columbus, I love you, respect you, but our we're we're very we're. I'm more harsh on them on the on special teams, but I'll get there later. Fair enough. Um, their offense, D-plus, um, it's just – it's not an arena of offense. They're just – when they get the ball – one, it's like every time they start to get going, they fall 10 steps back. It, it it's yeah, Is it because of Darren Daniel? Is it because of Dane Southwick? Is it because of the carousel that is their quarterback situation? Uh, it's also their receivers, that, like Desmond Reese. Not catching open touchdowns. Uh, Jamar Fortson caring about just himself sometimes. That which is Jamar Fortson. If you watch his league throughout his career, that's him. Or again, you have receivers don't catch. You have offensive drives that get killed by penalties. It's just you look at the Columbus offense. There's so many things that pop up throughout the last first couple of weeks. You're going, man. It's just like they couldn't get anything going since the news that Mason dropped. Right, Defense, that's in the league. Still, I still believe the same as you. Uh, it's, really, not, it's
0: really good. I mean, it keeps have, them in games.
1: Yeah, yeah. Th- that defense has kept them in games. Um, yes, the downsides that the offense is not performing, those same players I just nagged at are legit people that keep these games intact. Fortson's a beast as a defensive back. Uh, Desmond Reese does the same time. The same thing when he gets in the game. Uh, if Hall, again. Uh, but defense, yes, yeah, score high-score defense. If your defense is the highest scoring defense in the league, and it's technically your offense too, you're in a bad shape. Uh, that 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 offense just does not help Columbus so far you're Hopefully, with the situation that's changed with the signings this week, we might see some improvement, or we might see a different a different way of Columbus plays their ball. D all, special teams. D. Um, the kicking game has been non-existent when. Columbus needs a big kick. They don't get it. They've gone through a carousel of kickers. Um again, they were supposed to have Greg Peterson and he went to uh different pastures uh in his career, so it's the array game changes and ever since then they just couldn't find their you know momentum in the kicking game and it 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 sounds strange is that they have two wins this year but I, can we really say that right now? If San Antonio and Columbus played each other right now, San Antonio would pretty much beat them handily.
0: Man, I mean that's tough. You know, that's... I like I said, I the defense is really the key. Can San yeah. Antonio play at the same level? You know, I mean, we come up with the Jacksonville grade here in a moment. Mm-hmm. That'll be uh, that'll be telling. That's unique. It's saying it, it, it's it's strange for me. It's like.
1: This is our second year covering the league, and I've watched the NAL for, since its inauguration in 2017. This is just un-Columbus-like. Um, we're, Columbus is always that team that no matter where you're at in the season, if it's week one, week five, week ten, or the first round of playoffs, the Columbus Lions are there, and they're winning games. Oh, yeah. This is just weird. This is just a weird season for the Columbus Lions and that organization that's used to winning. I think they've only had maybe one or two losing seasons in their franchise history. And they're the second longest reigning franchise in the arena game right now. So yeah, it's just unique in Columbus and hopefully it switches. We're a halfway point. They're only a half a game out of the playoffs right now. The playoffs started today, um, but still there's a lot of questions to, that need to be answered in Columbus and seven games left in their season or excuse me, not seven games. Or are they two and three to so five? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Um, Let's get to the other team. Let's 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 go back to Florida and let's talk about uh, my Jackson Sharks and my grades. Uh, Right now, I'm gonna say the best thing is the offense, and offense now under Orville Nelson is a lot more potent than it was with Malik Henry. Malik Henry's offense was still good. Malik Henry is still scoring touchdowns. It's just that there were some drives that just stalled out under Orville Nelson. I think if I'm Correct. I think there's only two drives that Jackson did not score a touchdown as Arvell Nelson was the helm of the as a starting quarterback. One, one was in Carolina a, and one in San Antonio.
0: Yeah, one was a pick in San yeah. Antonio. So that that instantly counts as a stalled drive. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, Carolina. I believe there was.
1: I think I one. think one or two, maybe three drives, and everything else has been scoring drives for Arvell Nelson the Sharks. I got the offense Jacksonville's as a B, high B plus because of that. Um, they're again. Offense is loaded. Naquan Murray, Rob Jones, Miles Kelly, Deb Wilson, and the list goes on and on and on and on. They are pretty solid there in offense. Second best position, even though it's a carousel of whoever's back there, that is the kicking game for the and special teams. It's going to not kick it in the special teams. I give the special teams a C. Um, kicking a D. So do the math. C and a D. What do you get? C minus. Um, the special teams, uh, when Naquan's back there, Rob Jones back there, one of the most deadliest uh, kickoff return teams in the league. Honestly, it kept them in. They kept them in a couple of games this year that they shouldn't have been in. It also helped them beat Carolina. There's some key kickoff returns that were touchdowns or gave Jack's short fields to capitalize against Carolina. What gets them is the kicking game. It's is a Barber. It's a Hollis. Is it's the situations of not kicking deuces for half the season, the missed field goals, the miss extra points, or the bad kickoffs where the, you're kicking the ball off and it's going off, going out of the nine yard line. Like what are you doing? It's not an onside kick. What are you doing? Just shanking it. So uh Jacksonville special teams is C minus. This is where I get Jacksonville big. A lot of Jacksonville fans, you're not a Jacksonville fan. Defense sucks. <laughs> deep, deep plus. <laughs> sorry. I sorry I said that. Uh,
0: Stats don't lie either, by the way.
1: Um, Jacksonville's – the, there's a couple of games this year that Jacksonville, their offense is clicking like bam, 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 bam. Like, man, the defense makes one stop, this game's over. Defense doesn't make a stop. And when they do make a stop, the offense makes something. some, does something. You're like, well, this is unexpected. Um, Jacksonville's history has been known to have good, aggressive defenses. There's some moments that shine. Columbus game, shine. Carolina game. Shine. No show in Albany. No show. Can you say they were the no show in Columbus in the first game? But their defense can't say real no show. They were there, but they just couldn't make that key stop, especially in the second half of Columbus. The, the Albany game here in Jacksonville that was just a back and forth affair between both teams. That really was. On but they, when Jacksonville Sharks needed a key stop for their defense. So far this season, when they need that stop, they have not got. They do get stops, but when they need it, like when they needed that stop in Albany a couple weeks ago, that turned out to be a fourteen-point swing by Albany. That turned out to be a a blowout. That's the stop they needed. They needed a stop just a couple of weeks ago against the Carolina Cobras, the first time in Carolina. They got. They were. They got that third. Fourth and one stop on one yard line in the second quarter of the first in the first game, they would have stopped Carolina. Would have got the ball back. Would score a touchdown. They would. How the game was going, they would have been up by 13 points. And Carolina had to do a tremendous comeback. Unfortunately, Carolina scored, and Jackson stumbled out of the gate. There was key situations that that defense didn't show up. That's what I'm talking. About. It's a D plus, but there are situations so far this season where they did show up and were man up the Albany game in Jacksonville, Albany game, uh, Albany game in Jacksonville, the second game in Carolina. In the first game uh, here in against Columbus Lions, there are games that they showed up last week against San Antonio. Anybody can score on Jackson, even San Antonio did nonstop. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A tr- traditional AFL game or NAo game, whatever you want to say. They needed a key stop, I forgot it. They needed Arvell the Superman his way to a champ to to victory for the Jackson Sharks. So yeah, I'm pretty. That's how I am with the offense there this year. B, B-plus for the offense, C-minus for special teams, and B D plus for the uh, defense at the moment. And maybe I'm a little more harsher because I'm a fan of the team. I'm Not really being 100%, you know, fair, but I do apologize. Winning cures everything. And so far, we won two in a row. So, so far, it's curing it a little bit. So, got to be like that. And, of course, Saturday could be live here at the Shark Tank um, for this week's game. So, I think that's me. I'm just a little harsh because I am sharks.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think you, you're not being too harsh. I will get, I will be a little generous generous because the defense is the weakest link of the, of the sharks. It's statistically, you can go right off the bat. They have been for the most part, I won't say open door policy, but pretty damn close to it in terms of (laughs) touchdowns being uh, just commonality for opposing offenses, 376 points allowed for this team now credit it's a 10 point differential between because the sharks also have the second best offense in terms of scoring and they're also one of the best offenses in the league so really this is a tale of just two completely different <laughs> sections of the ball um yeah the sharks for me they get a c minus and the only reason why they have made crucial stops for wins again remember carolina that game doesn't flip unless you have that first drive stalled down near the goal line in the beginning of that second half, Carolina yeah. wins that game if they don't get if they get a score. That's my honest opinion. So, uh, crucial stops don't deserve D pluses. They deserve just above, mm-hmm. just around serviceable level, C minus though. But it's pretty pushing. They that is their weakest link. It's about out sprinting the Sharks, really, or catching them on a bad night. So, other than that, B plus offensively, even with Malik Henry leading off the season and now with Arvel doing what he's doing they've been in almost every game. The only game that they haven't been within a score really was that second meeting in Albany where they had to go have a delayed flight and the empire just socked them. You know, that, that's all I can. That's all she wrote. Otherwise every game this year, they have been in it to win it. And it's because that offense helps keep them in these games. If If the defense can't get a stop, somebody's either chucking it up or someone's making a play from the receiving side of the ball as you're mentioning naquam Nik- murray rob jones devin wilson you name them they got targets whoever's throwing to them's helping and Arvell nelson being able to do it both intermediately in the short game and deep downfield and he's got the legs offensively they're hitting their stride right now they got a b plus for now it's going to be pushing an a if it keeps going the way it is during the year special teams Definitely lacking. I know that that Brandon Bear is not there anymore. Uh, Barber isn't currently there. Uh, Mike Hollis just got released. Um, so I know they're kind of working through a few things right now. Barber was injured. That was what the understanding was. I'm not saying he's released. Nonetheless, a little to be desired. I Although part of the kicking game did help them beat Carolina, one of the most important wins of the season, things to help turn around their record. So I got to give them a C. Manageable. It's done enough, still could do more. It has lost him a game credit. Some of it has been talked about certain elements that might have affected a certain kicking thing. I won't go beyond that. All I can tell you is that, you know, it's, it's done enough recently to kind of push it back to the middle. Otherwise, it was trending downwards into like, what I would call maybe C minus D plus territory. I can't say anyone in the league has got an F ranking. I just can't. Um, it's, it's arena. You get scored on, but it's more of a, if you look, if you got blowouts, that's when I put F, but there's been competitive games. Nonetheless, nonetheless, um, Sharks, offensive heavy. They out sprint you. That's their bread and butter. They want to make sure that you don't catch up. You make a mistake too late. I'm already halfway down the track catch you later i'll be at the finish line when you meet me there so that's that's the whole strategy them albany kind of a similar deal though slight gains defensively this season is what i gotta say um last year's albany empire you could argue was kind of like the sharks right now where it's like we're just gonna outgun you this year it's been a little more steady going they've gotten some better progress on the defensive side of the ball of course they added kenny veal part of the reason why the sharks aren't doing so hot and uh they're playing the whole uh, "we're running away from you" game. Uh, is that Albany's picking picked up Kenny Veal? Obviously, Kenneth Magruder came back. Credit—he'll be suspended two games. Um, key signing got Marvin Ross this year. They got a lot of weapons, and honestly, some of the Iron Man elements like Darius Prince, Dwayne Hollis being there too. Um, their defense—it's done some. I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, some of the game, the two games I'm going to put in question couldn't slow down Carolina. That's a big one. You know, I think that no team, of course, has been really able to enough Sans maybe Jackson, of course, Jacksonville, but weren't able to slow down Carolina in key moments. Both of the contests against them, Carolina was able to get an extra possession ahead, which kind of led into them playing catch-up the whole time. So I got to give them B-minus there. Offensively, B. I'm going to put a B. And I only say this because sometimes it gets a little too heavy on Darius Prince. Needs to be a little more diverse. I, I know Dwayne Hollis has made some nice catches. Yeah, Wade that was just recently signed. He's been making some impact, of course. Uh Aaron Washka, they signed him on too, but they don't diversify it enough. It's still a little too heavy on one side. And in recent weeks, Sam Castronova has gotten a little flustered at times. You can look back to Columbus's game in particular, and how that game against Carolina ended last week definitely said a little bit about their offense and trying to. You know, slow the process down and find different targets. They get a B. Special teams-wise, it's been an A. When goes in, it's been an A to me. Um, you know, top, I mean, he was leading in deuces for the year, arguably the most accurate kicker in the NAL, besides TC Stevens. Um, clearly he's out, so that grade might change depending on who they sign, but it's been an A though so far this year. Um, great unit. Probably, I mean, honestly. You, like I said, if Roscoe's healthy, you could argue the best one. But right now, Albany is the, is the team that it definitely there's reasons it's at the top. It's number two. But clearly, the number one option has a little bit more to offer.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I want to do mine pretty quickly for Albany because you sure. really jumped everything that I was about to say. I don't want to add on to it. Um, offense, I'm going to give them a simple B+. Plus. I love how Casanova has changed his game from last season to now. Uh, his mobility, his uh, his time in the pocket, he's kept Albany in some games and has led them to big wins. Uh, his scram mobility in Jacksonville, a couple uh, from week two, is a reason why they survived in Jacksonville. They were going oh, to lose that I game doubt. against the Sharks, uh, but there's things that happen. He does. He did have a great start. Big game in Jacksonville. Big game in Orlando. Kind of regressed against Carolina last week, kind of regressed a little bit the week prior, or a couple of weeks ago in Car- uh, Columbus. But overall, Antoine Grant, Wade, Washa, Darius Prince, their offense is loaded. It's going to be hard to beat Albany no matter what week it is or what round of the playoffs or championship game, no matter who you are. I don't, know, I don't care if you're Carolina and you're already 2-0 against Albany. It's going to be tough to knock them out no matter what. They have an offense that does, does that. And I think that's just the mentality from Coach Manos and how he puts his teams in games. Um, defense, I'm going to give them a B, a little, a little lower grade than the offense. They have great talent. One thing I've noticed over the last couple of weeks is their DBs, Darius Prince, Antoine Grant, when they do play DB, when they do, they don't go 100% some of the times, but that usually happens because you're playing all the time um, and they get burned. But Darius Prince has made some great plays over the last couple, seven, his first half of the season where he's picked off like one game. He's like, he had like five touchdowns and three interceptions, like the game that was Darius Prince's game. So he has those or, moments.
0: Or an Ironman this year, you know? Uh, yeah.
1: Um, off uh, the kicking B plus Marco Roscoe is the best kicker in the game when he's healthy and, Albany is one of the only teams that uses their kicking game as a weapon. And also their kick returning is pretty decent. I don't I don't think it's as explosive as San Antonio or Jacksonville or San Antonio, Jacksonville, or possibly Carolina, but their kicking game has been there all season and it's still going to be there. I know and no Minas and no that uh, ownership group, they're gonna find themselves a kicker to come in here and help them keep that explosive all, uh, explosive special teams for them. So for the Albany Empire. Six weeks into the season for you guys, 4-2 record, uh, B, plus, B+, B, B+. Plus. You're above average, in my opinion. And right now, big week. Just keep doing what you're doing, and you'll be one of the four teams remaining come August. So now let's go to the last team, uh, the Carolina Cobras. And – I know a lot of us as kids, we had some of those guys who look at it report four cards. Like, oh, D plus. I got six weeks to get this to passing grade. and I make it my credits. And there's you smarties out there, out there. There were all B's or all A's. Well, here's a shocker. Carolina is my team. The only team in the league that has all A's. Um, their offense is the oh. A because of Dan, Jonathan Bain. Still did it from the stats. I've, I've, I've already got B from DMS from people and other players. And, I think Bane actually reached out and said, thank you for the respect, but it's, you know, it's all about the team game as it, what players do. I think Bane right now is still the clear favorite MVP of the league. Um, he did it again against Albany. Albany could not stop him, and he was on fire. But also, you gotta give credit to receivers Lance Evans, James Summers, Kendrick Kings, DJ Myers. These guys are lethal. You look at this off oh, forgot about Zach Brown, the old band in the back there of the you field. Know, yeah. um, and you got Ziegler on offensive <laughs> line. You look at the stats, I think Carolina's only given up five sacks this whole season. That's the best in the league. Bain is off his – Bain's not on the ground. If he's in the pocket, he's tearing you up. And the receivers are there. There was a couple plays last week in Albany. You're like, why is he throwing that ball? Well, it's Jonathan Bain. And he's maybe one of the only quarterbacks in the league that could put that ball in that spot to a James Summers or a kinder Kings. Their offense is lethal. It's choose your weapon to stop. Who do you want to slow down? If you slow down D.J.? Ings is going to tear you up. You slow down Ings, Summers is going to tear you up. You're going to slow down him. Lance is going up. Oh, look, DJ's going on fire again. They have so many weapons, and they're the most consistent team so far this season. They get an A to me. Um, defense, I'm giving them an A again. Their defense has, in a couple of games this year, has obliterated their opponents. They have obliterated Orlando twice. Or not not they beat him twice, but first game in Orlando and Carolina just manhandled them manhandled San Antonio, manhandled Jacksonville in the second half in their first meeting. And occasionally, in the two games, against San, uh, two games against Albany, they manhandled Albany's offense in the second half. It may not look like in the beginning, but as the game progresses, their defense just slows down their opponents, and that's why they pounce on you. Last week's game, even though Carolina was – Albany was still in the game, it was just that possession battle. Carolina knew they had in the bag, and they were playing more physical. And that's one thing, and the reason why I got them at A, is because they're one of the most physical defenses in the league. They are this year's New Jersey slash Columbus Lions from last year. That is the Carolina's Cobra's defense. Coach Rez said in the preseason, I'm going to get the best guys at the Man game, no matter what status they are, and I'm going to show it to you guys. He's done so far this season. He's had one hiccup against Jacksonville. The other A, pl- A is... Special teams. They have a kicker that kicks deuces and TC Stevens, who is lethal with kicking. As the seasons progress, you know that the kicking, how the kicking games went from being strategic of how to keep the ball out of the end zone or right before the end zone. So so the opposing team has a different position of the ball. Not a lot of deuces were dropping earlier. Now deuces are becoming more weapons for these organizations. And also, when you have Kendrick Ings and James Summers returning kicks, you see at least once a game, one of those dudes are in the end zone, returning a 66-yard kick to the, to the other side of the field. So I have them as all A's because right now they're 6-1. and one. They're the best team in the league. They had one hiccup, and they just took the defending champions two games, pretty much pulled away from them in the second half of both games, and pretty much solidified themselves like we're the big dogs this year, and you may have to go through Greensboro to win a championship. And right now at the playoff start today, the day, the road to the NHL championship is in Greensboro. And if I was a betting man, Carolina would be most likely winning the championship. If today was the championship game prediction. So all A's on my midseason season report card for the Carolina Cobras.
0: Well, give them an A on offense for sure. Simple fact. They have a plethora of people that can contribute. Jonathan Bain is right now the best quarterback in the National Arena League, and he has the most diverse cast of weapons in the National Arena League. We're talking folks that generally are more defensive-minded too. Last week, Joe Powell contrib- contributed as well. We had some, you know, we had Evans go down, so we had to have other folks step up. You know, you can go to D.J. Myers, you can go to James Summers, you can go to Kendrick Kings. They have a plethora of people they can go to at their disposal, and he knows how to distribute the ball. It makes it a living hell for defenses to cover the Carolina Cobras when you have anyone at any time that can catch a touchdown or can catch an open field pass and get that first down. It is a deadly offense. It is an A. It is an A-plus simply because they aren't undefeated. If they were undefeated now, it's an A-plus offense. You know, one possession. One possession against Jacksonville could have changed that grade. I'm just being honest. Otherwise, beyond that, that's the only A I give. And that doesn't mean it's bad. The rest are B pluses. And here's why. Still good. just, Just hear me out. And they're good. It's overall, overall, Carolina still is the best graded team on my list. Easily. B plus, though, because, simply put it, you know, Carolina needed a crucial stop against Jacksonville. They needed, they have had some moments, you know, where it's been, bit back and forth overall their dominant defense they're just not the best defense in the NAL that's the thing Columbus is the best one to me they're just offensively that has not been the one that's helping carry the slack when they have gotten stops we'll see that tested this weekend by the way since it's the two best defenses in the NAL going against each other just a little heads up for in a moment Uh, otherwise the other B plus does come in special teams and I got to give it because TC Stevens has missed a few field goals this year that could have or has changed the course of games again remember Jacksonville part of that turnover on downs and I know I keep coming back to it it's hard for me to really critique much on Carolina because they've been pretty perfect so far but they got stopped and they missed a field goal that could have changed some things for them too I'm just like instead of having it where you're close to having where you can flip the lead on one possession they went down 10 after that and again Good kickers, especially since it was a kick that's an extra point length. You got to hit those. So I'm only going to knock them that smidge because of that. Otherwise, it's the best overall team in the league. What am I going to? What am I going to say? I mean, like I said, I could give A's really to all these grades if I wanted. I just think you know I'm being a little extra critical on the defense and the special teams category, but it ain't really that much. People, this is a damn good roster. It's the best one in the NAL. It's hard to beat the Cobras, man. They coach Rezignalo has built and sustained a program for this year that started the progress of it last season. That is right now reaping the benefits of what he is trying to sow. And it's doing a great job of being an Ironman football team. By the way, when I say diverse weapons, that means it's a diverse Ironman football team that you can use on defense. Or if you need to swap people out on the offensive side of the ball, they got your back. That's a damn good foot rounded football team that Coach Rez has. Got to give him props to that. And, yes, Jonathan Bain right now is also my leader for the NAL MVP this year.
1: So are we the reason why they're this good, saying that he – Well, <laughs>
0: last year they he said we kind of got on him. He started signing people. They got to the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Maybe yeah, know. so, yeah. Uh, I. <laughs> That's amazing. That's uh, that's that's amazing how we can say we influenced the Carolina Cobras because it kind I, we did. I am confident in saying it. Like I said,
0: <laughs> if the coach says it on an interview, and you can go mm-hmm. back and find that episode, he did, then I'm confident in saying it. I yeah. ain't making I ain't making <laughs> bogus claims. We were told this.
1: <laughs> so we literally had a real life fantasy football team. Bingo <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't know. Uh, but Speaking about uh, football, let's get talking about some games this weekend in the National Arena League. we got three big matchups this week in the National Arena We're going to do Saturday games first because we'll lead into Friday's action, or we could say pregame, as tonight will be the Carolina Cobras traveling to the Columbus Lions down in Columbus, Georgia. So let's get going. Let's start in the matchup, a pretty intriguing matchup, a rivalry from the old AFL days meeting for the first time this season. And for the first time, Orlando Predators are looking for their first three-game winning streak against the Jacksonville Sharks. Oh, yes. And basically franchise history, including the AFL days. So Saturday night, 7 o'clock in Vicer-Vetro-More Arena, the Orlando Predators and the Jacksonville Sharks get it going in the Shark Tank. So a little bit about this rivalry. It was started by the Bushy family because of Jeff Bushy coming to Jacksonville, starting the franchise back in 2010. Mm-hmm. And Orlando basically created a rivalry after they upset the Jacksonville Sharks in the first round of the arena football playoffs back in 2010, when Jacksonville was the number one seed in the Eastern conference. They were the four seed came in and beat Jacksonville. And I think Spokane, I think it was a, uh, Siegfried Spokane shock that came in and won uh, the, the championship in 2010. Maybe wrong. We might get a text message later. So, yes, oh, don't we'll worry. Write.
0: By the end of the show, I'll find out so we don't get that text message. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but in 2000, but that's how the rivalry started. But ever since the rivalry has happened, the Jackson Sharks have had the advantage and the win lost category. But now it is so narrow that this weekend's game either make the rivalry a tie between the two teams or Jacksonville keeps the extends it to two games. How did these two teams get to this point? Orlando is three and three entering the season. They are starting to find themselves with with Cato, with Outlaw, Larry Beavers, and Gang. And the Jacksonville Sharks finally found their answer at quarterback with Arville Nelson. The offense has been very explosive. Guys scared last week in San Antonio. And this is the second home game of a back-to-back doubleheader for Jacksonville. But this is also the th- first game of three matchups against the Orlando Predators and four weeks, so we'll know about this season series pretty quickly between these two teams. Two of the three games are in Jacksonville, but this game is the first game of the meeting. Last time these two teams met were in Orlando, where Jacksonville fell to the Orlando Predators, and Jacksonville also lost last year's season series 0-2 against the Orlando Predators, which was the first time Orlando went 2-0 against the Sharks in the National Arena League era. So, Zach, um, let me get into this game. I'm going to do my pick-up here as a diehard Sharks fan. Um, this is going to be one of those games where, at the very end, you're doing this. Uh, you're you're nervous. <laughs> I got kind of a little cocky last week, saying, San Antonio. The Sharks won't push away, make this game very easily won by the Sharks at the end of the game. That never happened. I came down to the very last second. Wait a minute. Let's replay that. Um, very last second. Nope. Wait under review. Let's do that again. Um, yeah, last second of the game. Orville and Nelson did win the game for the Sharks, but this one. Orlando is on the hot streak. Jacksonville's on the hot streak. Both teams are technically by the standings. Orlando has a half a game lead over Jacksonville. But overall, these two teams at the playoffs started today are in the playoffs. Jacksonville's a four, Orlando's a three. But this rivalry is going to be key, like we mentioned before a couple weeks ago, that whoever wins this series between these two teams most likely is that third or fourth team in the postseason because how crucial the season is progressing as we see now. Now that's right. we thought we thought Columbus would be one of those guaranteed teams in with Albany and uh, Carolina, but it's not. Now it's more of a cluster of the bottom four crucial game. My keys of the game is very, very simple. Jacksonville get that crucial stop. You're all you have the offense that's going to score every time it touches the football. Devin Wilson is, I think, has scored 35 touchdowns at least caught a, 30, a touchdown pass in 35, 34 out of the last 35 games. He's a weapon. Orlando is building. Orlando, yes, struggling loss against, or so, excuse me, win against uh, Columbus. The question is, is Cato. That's the key factor in this game. If Cato is not a go for this week's game, it could get ugly in Jacksonville. Well, I don't think Jack, uh, Orlando's quarterback Fuller, is it Fuller or Fulton? Uh, Fulton. Especially, Fulford. It's Fulford, Fulford excuse me. Mm-hmm. In the second half last week, did not look good. looks like he was thrown in there, wasn't prepared. Yes, he may have a week of practice this week, but if he plays like that against Jacksonville, Jacksonville can comfortably win this game. If Cato is in, this is going to be a shootout, nail-biter, cardiac cat, cardiac predator type of game. Both fan bases will understand that phrase, cardiac cats, cardiac predators, whatever. <laughs> but my prediction is going to be unique. Jacksonville wins both of them in my prediction, but if Cato wins, this is a nail biter, just like last week. And whoever has the ball last wins. If Cato is not playing, I think Jacksonville wins by at least two possessions in, or in, in Jacksonville this week. It's based off of Cato's thing. I think both, I think Cato, if Cato's there, that offense is lethal. And of course, Jacksonville got, has to end the streak. Come on. You can't have the streak continue this long. Um, but it's a rivalry, and I love it. I, I, Orlando's bringing the bus fans from up, uh, bringing them up here to Jacksonville, so that's going to be nice to have a, a little bit of a, you know, visitor section. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. I think both special teams are about even in this uh, for Carol, for uh, Orlando. Don't kick it to Naquan. Don't kick it to Rob Jones. And trying to slow down um, the offense of Jacksonville. If you're Jacksonville, if it's Fulford back there, Blitz the heck out of him. Try to do what you did to Columbus a couple weeks ago. Make that make him a make make him feel flustered. Make him do bad passes. Get him out of sync. If it's Cato there, try to keep him in the pocket because he will try to be mobile and try to spread out and get guys deep downfield. And they do have receivers that can burn you if you do not pay attention. If you take them lightly like you did last year, Orlando will come into the Shark tank and knock off the Sharks. But my prediction, I think the Jacksonville Sharks. Survive again. Survive again against the Orlando Predators and get back to 500 for the first time in the 2022 season.
0: Well, it certainly feels like there is a chance here, and honestly, I just the challenge really becomes for Orlando's defense. You know, we're talking about how it's been a slow upward climb in terms of getting in sync, in terms of understanding assignments, playing faster around the field on the turf. I think that they're they're going to show another step. The problem is Jacksonville is very much capable of out sprinting anybody right now. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up because I don't, I know that Cato status is questionable. That is what we got officially reported to us before we got in the show. I'm taking that as a 50, 50 right now Mm -hmm. and I'm going to play on the safe side of caution just because it's still a long season. Orlando's got another several matchups with Jacksonville. They got to play as well as a tough, tougher schedule ahead I'm going to say they go Fulford and I'm just saying that's a safety could be wrong. Cato could be ready, you know, but if they go Fulford, I'm going to go with this, my slant being the prediction. Jacksonville takes this one few possessions is how I'm going to say. Um, I don't think that, like I said, special teams wise, Dan Justino, he hasn't gotten up to the same level as Dylan Barnas was last year. And I don't think it's just, I think it's just going to, how how it's going to be for the rest of the season, Uh, unless the predators, unless Jeff Higgins makes a change. Um, and quite frankly, if Fulford's in, I don't know how much better he's going to be a week, one week over in this system. Um, receivers can, of course, bail you out, but you have to throw in their area to where you can get in their catch radius. And that's going to be a challenge. And you have to keep up with Jacksonville, which, mm-hmm. like I said, that's the biggest challenge for Orlando. I don't think that they are up to that task. Maybe I'm wrong. Prove me wrong, I guess, guys. Um, but I got the Sharks here. Two possession win at the most. Uh, I think that they'll put up uh, – They'll be putting up put up at least 60, is how I put it.
1: That's good. It, it, I know we're in this time of season of the NBA playoffs for the Orlando Predators. We played Jacksonville three times. Jackson basically has home field advantage. They have two and three. Yeah. Find a way to split Jacksonville and win it in, this, in the jungle in a couple of weeks. Um, that would be the, the huge thing for them, honestly. and could even be this, the, the reason to determine who is the three, who is the four, and possibly who the number two seed is. Possibly. There's a chance Possible. of that. Possible. Um, but speaking of the number two seed in the NAL playoffs at the start of the day, that's the Albany Empire coming off a heartbreaking oh. loss against the Columbus, uh, Carolina Cobras. So when I want to say Columbus Lions. That's the next game we'll break down. Uh, the Albany Empire are traveling to San Antonio to take on the San Antonio Gunslingers. San Antonio is finally home. It's only been five weeks since it's been over a month. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's been over a month now.
1: This is the first home game that John Wayne is the official new ownership. I have seen a lot of stuff on Twitter. I've seen lots of things on Facebook. I've seen radio uh, advertisements. I've seen YouTube clips. I have seen TV ads that have been just blowing up in San Antonio. So the ownership group in San Antonio is getting ready. And I expect a good showing in San Antonio. Now, San Antonio fans, if you're watching us right now, buy three tickets, get three free. at six tickets to a game Freeman Coliseum on Saturday night against the Albany Empire who are coming in there a little stunned from last week's loss. And I've always said this as a college fan, sometimes it gets the best chance to upset a team is after they've been upset by a team they thought they could beat. And this week, the Albany Empire coming in. They're playing you. Then they play Columbus, the Carolina next week. Could they be overlooking you for Carolina again to get that revenge? It's a perfect game, perfect situation. But in San Antonio, I think it'll be the biggest crowd they've seen in the franchise. I think the energy's there. Uh, Travis Shaw, not Travis, Coach Shaw, mm-hmm. the ownership group, Robert Kent, uh, Kali Rashad that we had on show. Very positive vibes. We're getting to San Antonio. And for me, I'm going to have to say this. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be attacking this organization. You can hate me. You can do whatever you want. Like what Lee Corso says on College Game Day. Not so fast, my friend. San Antonio gets their first win of the 2022 <laughs> season. San Antonio gets their first win. I think the travel to San Antonio gets Albany because of, you know you just got a hard loss of Carolina. You're going to come down here to a team that's getting better. I've seen San Antonio the last couple weeks just getting better and better and better. They get that one stop that they need. They pull off the upset against San Antonio because I think uh, against Albany because I think Albany is looking forward to Carolina again to get the revenge, but they overlook San Antonio because they look at the record and go, "Oh, this is an 0-5 team." San Antonio pulls off the upset, knocks off Albany, and makes the top three, top four positions get more wide open. For some craziness later this month or later in month of July. So, yes, guns up. Maybe it's because we got Kylie Rashad on the show a lot yesterday, and I got feeling more vibe and the connections we got in San Antonio. I feel the positive energy. All the all the hate that I've given San Antonio for the last six, seven weeks. I feel good about them now. I really do. I really, you know what? Sometimes you gotta pull the trigger. You pulled the trigger against Carolina a couple weeks ago, and you know what? Unfortunately it affected you. So I'm doing it again. I'm doing it. If San Antonio pulls off the upset, I'm buying a San Antonio gunslinger shirt. I did buy an Albany shirt, ladies and gentlemen. It's on its way here. Should be in next week's show. I'll be having it. So I won't buy any other Albany gear. But matter of fact, winner win or lose, I will be getting some San Antonio gear. So guns up. Cause Slingers, gunslingers pull off the upset. It's gonna be hard fought. Come down to the very end. And I think it's going to be a Kali Rashad um, either to kick off a turn or a touchdown. That's a determining factor. I just have good vibes from San Antonio. They have to win one. So why not give it all the vibes now? Give the win to San Antonio. Guns up. Bang, bang.
0: I mean, I, I think they're going to get one. I just don't think it's going to be this. That, that's oh, come my on. I, I, I know. They're at home. I was hyping I, it up, man. I know you were. I know come you on. were. Come on. I know you were.
1: I'm I'm hanging myself out of
0: the drive. Then. <laughs> but they, but look, they often just added Marvin Ross on the other uh, yeah. side. Agree. Has more defensive weapons this year to go after. I know the travel. They've had some issues with getting there. You know, Columbus. Of course, they said that affected them going over there. The defense on San Antonio's side. I just don't see enough on that unit to slow down the Empire. Mm-hmm. You know. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, it does take one pick, it takes one possession to flip it. But right now, I got to play at Empire. So I mean, could be I could be wrong. Like I said, I could be buying a Gunslinger's T-shirt by the end of the day.
1: Again? Oh yeah, you buy no, the no? I bought a Carolina T-shirt, which ah, I'm yeah, waiting. Yeah, 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 I'm
0: yeah. waiting for our friends over at the Cobras to ship it. <laughs> Still ah, know. just saying. Uh, uh, wait, waiting uh, for a blackout shirt should be coming. sometime. sometime. Rob.
1: Rob. Them- oh, cell phones are not like this anymore. Sorry. Uh. Oh. Bro. Hello. <laughs> well,
0: I, I'm, just I'm just feeling the.
1: I'm just put, feeling the vibe, man. That's all. It's like you made a no, crazy look, upset look, pick you, last they couple put, weeks They ago. put up
0: 67, and they were one or two more gutsy plays possibly away from walking out of the out of the Shark Tank with a win. They have the capability of putting up mm-hmm. the points. My thing is with a defensive unit that can put more pressure on them. One that. I'm sorry, is not Jacksonville's uh, as well.
1: Agreed. Because agree, you played the,
0: the two worst defenses in the league played just last week. It was going to be possibly a score fest if everything went right. That's my problem. Because if you start getting flip a possession or two that flips the other way, and if San Antonio can't step up to the plate, which, you know, Kali has mentioned, that's one thing they have been trying to improve as much as they can recently. That's what's going to be the worry that gets out of hand. I got Albany in this. They're going to get their, they're going to get a win for sure. They will get their first one in the seat before the season's over. I guarantee it. I just don't think it's here. That's just me.
1: All right. Well, sometimes we, you know, we make crazy picks. Sometimes we don't. Like I made a crazy I pick last not. year in our NFL pick, and I got it. I picked I'm, I'm ready right to beat Buffalo. I'm ready to be so to wrong, Buffalo. Jim.
0: I'm ready to be thrown under the bus for my poor picks on, yeah. on social. You know what?
1: You know, a, you know, hey, uh, RC, Leo, Phil, the guys at the shooting smoking guns podcast, um, San Antonio wins. Uh, I, I want a shipment of breakfast tacos. Uh, that's a requirement a requirement to keep me as your fans. Um, well,
0: God, all hey, God, your bless, gear. <laughs> God bless Phil because on our discord, he's been picking them every week. So like, you know, that, oh, he's that's a loyal a fan. True passionate fan. I, I, I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, he got at me a couple of weeks ago when I picked Cobras over the sharks. He goes, Well, you're not a real fan. I'm like, no, I'm being a realist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm being an anal. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm being alien.
1: Um Sorry. But let's get, ladies and gentlemen. Now wrap up the show. Pre-game, baby. Coming up next is the Cobras and Lions in the jungle. Kind of. Is it the really the jungle? Columbus fans, let us know. Is it the jungle? Or is Orlando the real jungle? Huh. Anyways, I'm going to do that, try and spice up the rivalry between those two teams, um, <laughs> if there is one. Well. So it's a big matchup in Columbus. Ladies and gentlemen, the number one team in the league, the Carolina Cobras go to the Columbus Lions, taking on a struggling team who's made some interesting signings this week to try to boost up their offensive side of the ball. Columbus is in unfamiliar territory, and they sit right now in the standings at two and four, No, two and three, excuse me.
0: There you
1: go. Here's a qu- Here's a question. Unique question: Are the signings good enough to pull off the upset? Is Carolina still what we think there is? Well, I think there are the A pluses across the board in the uh, mid mid uh, year report card, mid city report card. Is this the is this the time that Columbus makes a turn to be a competitor for the playoffs, or does Carolina start pulling themselves away from the pack? A lot of questions coming up this week, but why not have those questions? Let's just try. Make our picks and break down. Carolina fans, we've been on you since. I've gotten messages from Coach Rez. I have gotten messages from Rob Storm. I've gotten messages from Jacksonville Shark fans and ownership groups saying, you're very high on Carolina. Why? Well, the best quarterback in the league plays for them. And basically, when I look at the Carolina Cobras, I was joking with a couple of colleagues of mine. I think I was, you were with us uh, when I was talking about this. Watching Carolina Albany last week was looking at the Jackson Sharks versus the Philadelphia Soul from 2016. <laughs> that is basically what it looked like, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, it was odd. It was strange. Uh, but this game uniqueness. Columbus has new guys coming in, new signings. No Gibson and how he develops a team. That defense he has will keep them in this game. They were in this. They were in the Albany game that they had no business of being in. They were in the Orlando game that had no business of being in. They were blown out by Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago. It happens. And they had two wins, ugly wins, to start the season. Carolina is not Albany. Carolina is not Jacksonville. Carolina is not Orlando or San Antonio. They have an offense that you don't stop them. They're going to score every time they touch the football. They have a kicker that can hit deuces. They have kick returners that are going to score on you anywhere on the field. This is going to be a unique game, in my opinion. Carolina wins this game, and again, somehow, some way, Carolina's or Columbus's defense keeps them in this game that they have no business of being in. Carolina does get the win. It's going to be an ugly win by the Carolina Cobras, and the reason why is because Draymond Fortson, Desmond Reese, Hall, and the new guy quarterback Miles comes in and. Finally gets uh, Columbus back to the right path. may not happen this week, but I just don't see a team going into Columbus and blowing out Columbus in that building. I just don't see it, even though it was Caroline. Caroline finds a way to win the game. It's going to be ugly, but I see them touching the 60s, and it might be a game that you think, oh, scoreboard doesn't really show how close this game was. Uh, I got the Carolina Cobras win this game 61 to 51 in the Lions Den slash the jungle uh, tonight here on YouTube.
0: Well, tonight the Cobras are going to go visit the jungle. And uh, honestly, they're going to leave with a victory in the jungle, is well. I'm going to oh, put I'm it. Man. Uh, Tommy Neely, <laughs> as much as I know, I've, we've been emphasizing. We've been, we've been well, I said Miles.
1: Me. I mean, Tommy Neely. Why I say Miles Kelly? Because he was from,
0: well, you said, well, he's from Miles College. That's why. You Miles College.
1: Respect. That's where I got. Sorry.
0: That's... Nonetheless, Tommy Neely, he's coming in. I've heard he looks sharp. Credit. It's a weekend. I, maybe I'm wrong, but it's a weekend into, into this offense that you're going to be getting into. Um, you have Danny Southwick. We don't know specifically who's going to be fully thrown in there. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Tommy, considering they just signed him off the street and they released Aaron Daniel. Um, could be wrong. We'll find out if it's either one though. I'm just saying that's one. That's either one week you got for a quarterback or you got one that's in Southwick. That's coming off injury. That's been battered. They had a few, they had a one, they had a signing or two to help with improve the offensive line. Um, I'm not sure if that's enough, quite frankly, defensively, they're going to make, they're going to get, I think Jonathan Bain a little flustered at times. I think they might get back to him. I think they're going to cause some havoc it's not going to be enough though off. They need this offense needs a little more time to cook to get adjusted. Um, they do have, of course the home field advantage on their side. That's fine. Um, but pre tick sales another. look good. They do. They do look really good. It looks Pre-tick. like it's going to be a packed house and it really should. If you're playing the best team in the league, you really should be in there if you wanna mm-hmm. to have a chance. And I mean they also signed in more. Mar- That's another added fire piece to the puzzle. That's firepower. That is a you know an arena bowl winning corner. I'm gonna be playing receiver DB as listed on the website. I just don't think they have enough. If Tommy impresses me, we'll be talking completely different in Wednesday rewind. If they win, obviously we are talking way different in Wednesday rewind. I don't see it though. Cobras go to seven and what? one. Uh Columbus, extra week to get their new QB up to speed. Yeah.
1: Well, it's going to be unique. it's gonna be a unique matchup because we try not to look ahead. That's not the football mentality. You want to go 1-0 and each week. But next week, you got the rivalry again between the Sharks. Uh, game three, the determining series game. He wins it, wins the season series. So That's right. That could be uh, another week for Tommy to get his feet in the mold in Car- uh, Columbus. And for a Jackson team that could be coming off a win again, a three-game win- three winning streak or coming off a a loss to the Orlando Predators. So very unique games that are in the National Arena League. Good. Another weekend where we have action on Friday and on Saturday. Not all at the same time. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, just want to give you a heads up. We might be doing something live during the Friday night game, like a little hangout session on YouTube. Basically, me and Zach watching the game, live reaction, talking to you, the fans, helping to give our subscribers a little boost on our channel. And of course, join us for conversations. We'll read the chat, whatever. Uh, we might be—I might be drinking some beers. He might be drinking some beers. We might be just be just hanging out with you guys, watching the game. But nothing too crazy. We'll figure that out maybe sometime later tomorrow or earlier in the day, and we'll make an announcement later. Might be just for first half or second half, whatever. But we'll do something. But remember, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not getting on TikTok. I've already said that. Uh, at M Pod. Uh, you can follow us on the National Marine League website at nationalmarineleague.com/videos, or just go to the main page, scroll halfway down. We're on the right side. Of course, if you want to reach us, me or Zach, DM us. We'll read it. We may not answer it, but we'll if it's something that we can reply to, we will reach out. Of course, follow us on our Discord page. The link is in our description of NAL community. We talk about a lot of NAL stuff and some random things, too. We were doing some NFL talk there recently, which is kind of unique. Still, it's community for you fans to join in our Discord account. Of course, subscribers, get to 100 subscribers. One of you are getting two tickets to the NAL game of your choosing, possibly a hat uh, of your favorite team uh, that you choose. So with that, week eight here. Three games. We're there midseason grades. We're in the second half of the season. So technically, four weeks from now, we're in the playoff push. Eight weeks from now, it's the playoffs. Ten weeks from now is the NAL championship game in Greensboro, Albany, Jacksonville. All those questions will be answered over the next eight weeks. And we'll be here with you for just not breaking down the action, previewing action, breaking news, interviews. And next week, Orlando. You'll be on Turf Talk. Stick, stick around next week. We'll have a guy from the Orlando Predators join us next week for a Turf Talk. So with that, we can't leave without one thing.
0: I told you I would find who won that 2010 Arena Bowl who coached for the Spokane Shock. Mm-hmm. It was Rob Keefe. Also, Rob don't be Keith. a jack out of the box, okay? Just, just saying.
1: Apparently, I was. You <laughs> say it was Chris <laughs>
0: Timfrey. <laughs> hey, Chris, you know what? He had a he had some good te- he had some good teams too, in AF 2 Just mm-hmm. wasn't with the AF one team that that was Rob Keeps doing.
1: All right. Well, was, well, Spokane won it in 2010. Um, Orlando, you beat Jacksonville that year, but we got revenge in 2011. Arizona, how you liking? draw Harvey, enjoying it. Yes, yes. I'm not going to start anyways. Uh, I'm Jim Rier. That's Zach Coleman. Enjoy Week Eight of the National Arena League. We'll see you Wednesday for Wednesday Rewind, possibly Friday night for some live stream action. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, you're watching Inside the Walls Podcast, the official podcast of the National Arena League. Good night and enjoy tonight's action.